Thanks for stopping by the Badass Records podcast and go Chiefs. Episode 104 of Badass Records Podcasts. Hanging out with Richard Davis. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, we met uh, randomly. Um, yeah, we were actually both working. Both working. And, uh, and things not related to this no, whatsoever. No, no. And I, I, I walked out of there uh, feeling like I spooked you. A li- no, you caught me off guard. Okay. I, I don't know. It wasn't... It was one of those things where, like, I had, you know, I think I, I don't remember how long had passed between, like, actually publishing that and it being out there. I think, like, December 4th or 5th was the date that it made it to, like, Apple Music and stuff. And that was within a week of that, that you were in there. And I was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> It was just, um, yeah, it threw me off a little bit. Well, I wasn't prepared mentally, I think, for that. Yeah, and yeah. it's that's ha- it's you know it's happened uh, on more than one occasion in 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 scenarios like my friend that I mentioned, uh, where we're at a gathering. It's like, hey, you, you want to? Yeah, yeah. And then when it comes down time to okay, and they're like, I don't, I'm not, I don't actually want to do that. Um, but I've learned, you know, uh, it took, took about a year to get this thing off the ground, and I've been uh, recording episodes for right around two years. And somewhere along the way, it just became muscle memory that if something comes up, I got to ask. Because, you know, the worst thing is to be 10 minutes down the road in your car, like, fuck, I should have asked Richard, you know, like... And, yeah. and I'm, you know, obviously I, I know, I know where to find you. Like yeah. if I, uh, but, but a lot of times you don't, you know, you just come across a person. Right. Like, I don't know who that person was, but I bet they would be a fun conversation anyway. Um, so what was it that was playing that day that you just mentioned? What tune? Um, I'm not sure what track was playing okay. at the time. It was um, it was either drifting or um, Satori in Denver. Okay. It was one of those two. Okay. It was one of the like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those two. Well, it had to be for you to um, even bring up fish. Right. Those are the only two that could have that it could have been. Um, okay, so Richard Davis, you've got you sent me a SoundCloud link. Uh, which leads to or led me to a collection called Turning Around, and then there's a five-track EP called Dreams, and all of it's really cool, man. Really, I mean, it, uh, you even like the um, the Dreams EP? <laughs> I didn't dislike it. Okay, um, that's it, it, that's good. It's just terrible. Qu- the quality of the recordings is you. absolutely terrible. Says you. Yes, yeah, I mean. Me. <laughs> 
I, I put that um, observation or that statement in the box of... Uh, um, You're your own worst critic at all Yes, times. of yeah, course. Yeah. And, and a live performer that flubs a note or a transition and is like, oh, fuck. And it's like the crowd doesn't necessarily yeah, know unless know you that. make a big deal out of right? it. Right. If you run away from it, then it, you, then you make everyone feel bad. But if you just embrace that bad note, because there's no such thing as yeah. a bad note. It doesn't matter. Right. I love Victor Wooten's little like one minute TED Talks on music. Um, if you have never uh-uh. like YouTube... Um, you you can go down a YouTube rabbit hole of like future one man? two minute clips. See future man of Victor Wooten just giving like little hip pocket music classes okay. Um, okay. about improvising and about um, you know doing whatever you want because there is no right or wrong um, and yeah yeah they're great. <laughs> um, I also have down. <clears throat> uh, Next album, 10 tracks. Oh, that was, um, so I'm very unorganized. Sorry. (laughs) My SoundCloud, um, that was supposed to, that was like a work in progress where I was keeping my tracks, um, that ended up on the not so bad album when I released that. But, um, so there's almost zero post-production. What you're hearing on all the tracks is live mixes and the best like take I got. Um, essentially, I like direct interface to my phone. Oh, I'm just explaining the best I can. Okay. Um, and then I'll go back. I'll work and I'll get some tracks together, and then I'll go back through them and um, maybe tweak the EQ and try to normalize the volume across them. But currently, I don't have a computer or anything good enough to actually like record and um like monitor at the same time i can't record vocals over a track or anything i can't play back a track and record vocals over it i can with the mixer that i have and like using my ipod but for some reason i plug that thing into my phone and record whether i'm using the camera or just the voice recorder and i'll get whatever's the loudest it's not actually mixing (laughs) my phone is just my phone's giving me back whichever track was the loudest out of the two things so if it's the music track i get just the music track and then the vocals are like kind of in the background or i get just the vocals like slapping you in the face and the music is uh, halfway there (laughs) so soundcloud apple music spotify uh richard davis with yeah that's the search uh, what are the other, are there other platforms too that i'm missing um no it's all you can find it all on youtube um okay. so i published through a company called root note they just popped up on google um <laughs> it was free when i did it and i'm not gonna lie um that dreams ep those five tracks and even like dipping my toe in the water of like publishing anything or putting anything out there that all occurred in an afternoon essentially the same afternoon that i like yelled at my boss for the last six years and like threw his keys at him and told him i was done and couldn't do it anymore and essentially like i had like a nervous breakdown oh, wow. in september and quit really? my job and i couldn't do the stress anymore I so where do i where i met you with him um, or anything. No, my old job making prosthetics right. where I met you is you haven't been there that long. I have actually, oh. I was working there like one, I started working there in 2020. 
21, maybe, um, right after kind of the lockdowns ended. Okay. Um, and he was able to, because the county shut him down, the shoe repair shop, they shut him down for nine weeks. Um, non-essential. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started working in there before me and my wife got married, actually. I started working there like one to two days a week okay. just to get some extra cash yeah. going yeah. for to save up for the wedding and Smart. Um, and then i was at a place where with the stress and everything my i got in a car accident back in february of last year um 23 right okay and I had to get a new car, and the October prior to that, so October of 22, I basically had, like, a conversation with my employer at the time and tell him all the problems that I've got with, you know, things that he has me doing that I shouldn't be doing and excessive mileage and everything on my car and all of that. And then um, he agreed to pay me some more money. I told him what I wanted was, you know, an actual salary and some insurance for my wife, but I wasn't worth doing that, I guess. But he agreed to, he basically, at the time, he agreed to pay me $500 more a month. And, you know, this is so you can buy insurance or whatever you need to for your wife. Sure. But um, that shit didn't keep up with inflation. Oh, yeah. No, no. Everything's so so expensive. Right? So, um it is what it is yeah. and then come february my car gets totaled um while i'm working you know doing house calls and stuff i've um honestly coming here was kind of weird driving here because i was like man i thought i was never gonna have to drive around these neighborhoods ever again because <laughs> i used to do house calls all the time um i used to hit research uh, once or twice a week and then see patients at their homes or nursing homes or wow. wherever i would go to research center point um lease i'm at medical center visit new amputees sure. um wow yeah Crazy. My old boss loved being an ambulance chaser, and I couldn't oh, do it. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> I um, couldn't do it. Well, uh, no, I really did. And it's like, uh, you know, again, you're your own worst critic, so you can say whatever you want about the production quality, but I I did enjoy it. I didn't. I wasn't checking out, and I definitely didn't dislike it. So, I mean, <clears throat> it, it, it's it's definitely worth a listen um you uh, mentioned a minute ago karaoke oh yeah <laughs> but you also i think at some point messaged me saying that you have done uh open mic stuff oh yeah tell um, me about for, getting into both of those um well i don't know i got into karaoke when i was in high school still okay. i that i used to have friends that'd be like hey let's go to Kara-. Uh, like we didn't care we go see yeah. Like, yeah yeah it's fun i mean it's um, it's a it's a specific flavor of courage yeah to get up there and do that on the reg you know <clears throat> so that's way easier for me i can get up there and sing whatever you want karaoke like dude i'll do it like it doesn't matter um and for some reason, a bunch of drunk people in a bar, like, they're the best audience. Yeah, like, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It, it does not matter. Even if you, like, fuck up or, yeah. like, it's whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just have fun doing it. Cool. So, um, there, where was this? I can't think of the name of the place. It was while I was in the service still. While I was living in California. I was in um, 
Oceanside, there was this little dive bar in Carlsbad, or um, it was in some it was somewhere around there. I can't remember yeah. exactly where it was. There was this little dive bar, cash only, karaoke seven nights a week. That was the spot. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and cheap drinks, too. Yeah. Cheap, fucking strong drinks. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, it was uh, cool. And open miking? Um, I did that at the breweries while I lived out there okay. too. Um, I've done it up here from time to time. I came, um, I can't remember the name of the theater. There's an old theater on 39th street and uh, right downtown. Okay. Um, there was somebody hosting an open mic night there last year, about a year ago. Um, they did it for like two months, and then they kind of fizzled wow. out. Like I went there and I met um, B.J. MacArthur. I don't know if you know who that Sounds is. Sounds familiar. Um, Two-headed bear. Okay. They're like a local group. Sure. Um, I met her. They were hosting the open mic, and then they had a gig at the West Sider, and she was like, "Oh, you should come, like, and come to our show at the West Sider. Like, you can come play." And I, um, I played a couple songs out there. And to be completely honest with you, I could do those things, but I'm at a place in my life right now with my kids and my schedule and everything. I don't have it in me to go play for 50 people at the West Side, or you know what I mean? I would, I wouldn't mind it, but that's something. I don't know, maybe down the road. Um, sure. I mean, or, you. There's a finite number of hours in the week, and if oh yeah, uh, <laughs> writing and recording music is more joyful, a larger source of joy than gigging for 50 people, then that's what you do. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, but when you would, I mean, you, you find out who's hosting and you approach the host and you have to give them something to say if they... Oh, yeah, you got to go sign up. Like, there's usually a sign-up sheet or whatever. Like, you walk in and sign up. So, funny story, I actually spent a year going to a brewery every, like, Tuesday and doing open mic there. This was 2000... 13, 14, 2014-ish. Um, the brewery was in um, North San Diego County. I can't remember what city it was. It was... Jeez. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But I went there for a year um, every Tuesday and the... Um, I did like a, oh, I did like half comedy and half music. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? So, um, I don't know. It's kind of a funny story. The first time I went, I was kind of nervous and I, and the guy who went up before me on the sign up sheet was doing like a stand up comedy routine and he bombed really bad. I don't think a single person laughed and like... Yeah, it was just awkward silence, and then I got up on the stage, and it was still awkward silence, and everyone's just staring at me, and they're waiting for me to, like, please be better, please <laughs> fix this, and I was like, you know, I was going to play some music for you guys, but I think I'm going to do some comedy, and they fucking fell out, and I don't know, I did that for, like, a year. I think I um, I played a Stephen Lynch song, and then um, told him a, like, stupid story from when I was a kid about my cousin um it's actually my dad's story about his cousin but i just replaced my dad with yeah. myself and yeah. um about my cousin going back to 
granny to have her make more Kool-Aid because we had set something on fire and tossed the Kool-Aid on it. And I handed him the pitcher and said, go get some more. Go get something. Um, he was supposed to go get some water, but he had granny make more Kool-Aid. He oh. came back and it had burned out already. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, now, did you write? Were you writing jokes? Were you writing? Um, no, not really. It was mostly improv. Fuck. That's ballsy. Um, is it? I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I've, I've put down, um, you know, uh, let's just say 10 to 12 minutes worth of material pen pen and paper and and they're That's tough. and they're just core they're not fleshed out they're core ideas okay like this would be a good bit and this would be uh etc cetera, etc cetera, but like n- nowhere am i mentally near uh being like i should start reaching out to clubs and, and get you know or right. start hitting open mics yeah um so i can't even imagine improving. i also can't imagine standing there watching that dude eat shit before you and just being like fuck this is bad well the guy left right after i like had everybody died so um i don't know i don't think i ever saw him again yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so, uh, it's funny that you said it's actually my dad's story. Uh, I just inserted myself. My, uh, Louis C.K. is my favorite comic. Okay. I'm a big, big stand-up fan. Oh, me too. I kind of grew up on it. It's weird. Um, I'll let you tell your story well, first. Well, I just, uh, <laughs> he, he's got, uh, uh, yeah, one bit where it's, you know, four or five, six minutes long. And he's like, it doesn't, doesn't afterwards. He's like, it doesn't matter. Cause none of that's true. Uh, it didn't actually happen. And another one where he says, uh, so somebody says to me the other day, they say, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, which it didn't, they didn't. I just want, I just want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, you could totally manipulate oh, yeah. the truth to fit what the thing is that you want to say. And there it's like that mistake as a musician, they don't fucking know. Oh yeah. You know? Anyway, what was yours? Um I oh, I was gonna tell you about stand up comedy. Yeah, um, yeah, I grew up on it. Yeah, kinda. So my dad was in the Air Force. Um I moved every couple years. I spent most of my childhood actually overseas. I grew up in Turkey and Germany for the most part. I didn't come back to the States till um, seventh grade. Okay. So my youngest memories, most of my eight years old till 13, that's a lot of memories. That was all Turkey and Germany. And that was all learning, um, you know, foreign Those languages, languages yeah. um, cultures. Like I went on field trips and stuff that like I still feel a little bit of like, man, I can't believe I went to some of those places on field trips and here we are with kids in this country that don't even get to go like down to the zoo and i went to the like roman coliseum and stuff like wow. in trier um yeah it's crazy <laughs> so uh but where stand-up you can, comedy yeah. um when we did live in the states when i was young really young i still have memories from like being younger than eight um you know, they're hit or miss. Their memory's not perfect. Right. But um, we would take a lot of road trips, especially when we lived in Texas, because our family all lived in Kentucky. It was like a um, 
We would spend a couple of days in the car, it seemed like, sometimes going, sure. road tripping back and forth. But it was always, you know, my parents' music or um, my parents would buy, like, the stand-up comedy CDs. We listened to that in the car on road trips and stuff whenever... Um, Mom got worn out on the music, or dad got worn out on the music. They okay, let's put on, and it was Jeff Foxworthy or Bill Ingvall, uh, like Blue collar stuff like that. Yeah, here's um, your son. Yeah, basically like uh, Ray Stevens. Oh my God, <laughs> that's know. more music. But okay. um, oh, you don't know who Ray Stevens is? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any other comics? Um. Oh, I mean, I. I grew up all through high school. Um, once I did move back to the States and stuff and had started getting like television and cable and I had Comedy Central for the first time. I was watching like Comedy Central Presents every day. Like I've seen every person who's been on there probably. Nice. Or at least all the old ones. Like yeah. um, during the time frame that I was, I would watch whatever came on there. Yeah. Um, Me too. The worst part <laughs> about that show is that it was only 30 minutes long. Oh, yeah. Because it would end you're like, No! Yeah. Oh my God, more. Well, I mean, even the one-hour specials that came on there, like I would watch all of them. Sure, those uh, were rare-ish, though, right? To have an hour. Um. Or am I misremembering? I don't know that they were rare. I feel like we got a one-hour comedy special on Comedy Central like once a month back in the okay, day. Okay. Okay, but you're but but the it wasn't like the show Comedy, comedy Central, Central presents, presents is no. happening like that the, was a daily like yeah. thirty-minute show. Yes. That was that was like right after school. That was somewhere in between um, after school and I might have been around seven o'clock. It might have been after the Daily Show or before. I don't know. It doesn't sure. matter. Yeah. <laughs> so on these road trips, what kind of stuff when they were in the music mood? What what were mom and dad into? Um, mom always listened to country in the car, and that was whatever you know came on the radio for the most part. A lot of the times, or, um, geez, I'm trying to think of some stuff that she had. Um, it was weird. She listened to country in the car, but. At home, (laughs) when no one else is around, when she's, like, cleaning and stuff like that, it would be, like, um, Tony Braxton, Whitney Houston, stuff like that. Um, So it was interesting. Okay. Um, My dad, like, classic rock all the way. But um, I will give my dad some credit, like, as far as his music and everything, his collection of, like, CDs and everything that I got to, like, go through and listen to as a kid... It was almost all live music. He would buy whoever it is, like, live album. Like, my first exposure to Pink Floyd is The Delicate Sound of Thunder. Okay. Um, Okay. When I was, like, probably really young. 1988. Yeah. I mean, that was That was the only Pink Floyd in my dad's collection was a live album. Huh. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Really good one. As good if you like David Gilmour and you're not as crazy about Roger Waters. That's me. Oh, that's me too. But yeah. I feel like I'm on the opposite end of like that argument a lot of times. I, if you like, I'll always talk Pink Floyd. But if you are a huge Waters guy, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's probably going to be a shorter conversation. Um, and I, you know, he, Roger Waters deserves uh, whatever the appropriate amount of credit is for the pink floyd catalog and and uh you know he's doing uh, uh he's putting on a, a a cool 
live show these days. He's still getting after it. Oh, yeah, it. I heard the show was good. It's um, super fucking expensive, though. Oh, yeah. Super expensive. <laughs> I don't go to shows that are, like... Yeah. I try not to yeah. pay for anything over, like, 60 bucks. I found like, out uh, in route that it was, like, a shared Uber with buddies, and one buddy had gotten all the tickets, and now is the time for Venmoing, and I was like... <laughs> Hold on a second. Turn, turn around and fucking drop me. No. But anyway, um, I um, I really, uh, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but uh, I felt like his peak, the peak musician, and, and I'm a studio album guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, live music's got its place, but when it t- comes to, con- I want I want the way that it came out as the final product. And uh, I think um, his playing on Animals is the best bass work he did across the whole library. And, and frankly, I mean, I love David Gilmore in all forms, but some of, he shreds in some of those licks. Oh, yeah. Like no other... Pink Floyd record too, um, but anyway. Um, so, Dad is in which branch? Air Force. Air Force. So you're moving a bunch. You're overseas. Yeah, every two years as a kid, we went. I was born in Indiana. Went from there to Turkey for two okay. years, and then from there to Louisiana for two years, and then to Texas for two years, and then back to Turkey for two years, and wow. then to germany for three years and then um to missouri yeah Yeah. uh siblings yeah i have an older brother okay um so he was part of this all these moves as well yeah um yeah oh yeah for sure (laughs) yeah he was three years older than me so he's uh, yeah um and any idea how mom and dad met um not sure okay um to be honest through like probably acquaintances sure, or whatever. Sure. I think my dad was, my mom was still in school or whatever. My dad might've been recently graduated um, or something. My parents were young. Gotcha. <laughs> my um, dad will be 60 this year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's funny that, you know, mom's country in the car and, and, like sort of R and B ish stuff at home. Yeah, still country too. But, okay. Um, both. Those are about the only two. Like much outside of that, she doesn't really. Yeah. Now uh, I'm interested in this idea of the music that is uh, the, uh, our parents, and that's just we kind of grew up. Listening oh yeah. To. And absolutely. then and then one day, you know, you, you sort of start down your own path. And yeah. is is there an album that you first acquired or first fell in love with that stands out? first acquired um so or stole from your dad's collection or uh, borrowed from a buddy or any anything that stands out is like wow this is um so one of the first albums i ever actually physically owned um was on my list oh okay okay (laughs) we'll get to it then um any other and my oh um the first album I ever went and purchased with my own money. I'm go. a little bit um, unsure of. It was one of two things because it was around the same time. Um, Weird Al, Bad Hair Day. Okay. Or it w- and I was like nine or ten. Um, 
or the other option i bought a like double cassette at a yard sale from somebody of um smashing pumpkins melancholy and the infinite sadness really yeah Okay. At like 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. That's a heady record for a 10 year old to buy. I just, I thought it looked cool. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. It's like the, uh, the moon and sun stuff on yeah. that. Like, yeah, it was cool. Do you get that out currently today? No. You never listen to that album. I haven't in years. I okay. don't think okay. it might be worth putting on. I don't know. I'm not suggesting that it I'm is. I'm not a huge, uh, what I'm about, not a huge fan of what Bill about Gordon. Siamese dream? I, not familiar really i really haven't explored that much like i don't know so i'm not a deep diver so my understanding but i mean siamese dream is the jumping off point for smashing pumpkins is it yes is that an album yes it's got two like what what are the songs today like i don't know today is the greatest i'm bad at this game, bro that is (laughs) I mean, there's that that album is all rem- over the place. Um, I remember the album that came out while I was in high school that had, um, I think Tarantula was the name of the song hmm. on it. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, no, I mean, you've definitely got to give Siamese Dream a listen front to back. Okay. Because it's I'll really it. <laughs> all over the place and, and impressive. Uh, I don't love every track, but every track is impressive in its own way, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to be a Billy Corgan fan to uh, to do that. Yeah, uh, it's just so like extra all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it's a little much. Um, how about uh, first concert? That, or any concert from a young age that stands out. Um, first concert I ever went to was Kiss. Okay. When I was like 10 or 11, I think I was 11. It was like the Psycho Circus tour when they came back out with all the makeup and everything and action figures came out. I got the like action, me and my brother both got the like new action figures for Christmas and we went with my dad and my uncle. I was going to say, dad concert. take you to that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, good time? Um, Ish. yeah, it was fun. My uncle got really drunk and my dad was hanging out like, yeah, you know, yeah. but, um, I, I don't really remember the show to be honest. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, now as far as, uh, playing music yourself, what, what was the initial, um, I got my first guitar at 10. Okay. Um, I've been playing music. My, I don't know. That was one of my things like growing up. When you live overseas on a military installation, I don't know what things are like today. Um, but in the late 90s, um, we got like two channels on the TV. And most of the day that two channels was playing um, like reruns of like, 60s and 70s tv shows and stuff i got i grew up on stuff that my parents grew up on it was so weird i grew up with things like gilligan's island and i love lucy and stuff on the tv and like old 70s cartoons um i basically grew up with boomerang and um tv land (laughs) wow um outside of you know prime we got some primetime shows but they were like a week late Sure. Like we got like Friends and The Simpsons, okay. so like things that came on NBC and yeah. Fox. We got those like a week late. Um, whenever we lived in Germany, I'm not sure what. In Turkey, I know we only had 
two channels. In Germany, we started getting a couple more. We got the right. German MTV, and we had Sky One, a uh, British network. Okay. Um, German MTV was very interesting as a kid. I bet. Um, so first guitar at 10, and then uh, yeah. with, with uh, what sounds like not a whole lot to do, you're putting in hours learning oh um messing around noodling yeah mess around mostly um i spent a really long time you know kind of at just the perpetual intermediate player stage um i guess is what people sure. like to call it where okay. you know i can i could pull up a tab or something on my song look up the chords and like strum it out and sing like um you know pretty quickly and then um i got to a point it wasn't until within the last few years, I think, really. Um, there was a point a few years ago where I, like, hard quit playing video games or doing anything that wasn't productive, essentially. And um, I don't know. It wasn't very long after that that I hit this, like... I don't know, I had this, like, breakthrough moment playing music where I could just put something on and, like... Um, Pick it I'll, up. Yeah, I'll play it. Like, within 30 seconds, I'll be um, noodling out something that's in key and, like, sounds good with it. Um, all those tracks on the... All, like, basically, 90% of that is improvised. Wow. Um, it's all just, like... I think I worked on that turning around list. Um, that EP is going to drop on the 24th. It should be on Apple Music, um, Spotify, wherever cool. on the 24th of this month. Right on. Um, and so far, that's like the best sound I've gotten so far, in my opinion, um, out of the finalized tracks where I'm like, okay, this kind of sounds like what I want it to sound like. Yeah. It sounds yeah. professional now. Um, so you, you sent me a picture of your studio, <coughs> but uh, describe uh, your rig, if you will, what you have for the, for folks listening. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have a pile, I don't even know the model, um, electric drum set. Okay. It's like a... PTDE 100, like basic th things, basically a toy. It's almost impossible to actually play. I can't play it. Um, what you're hearing on the tracks is like um, either preloaded on there, I've adjusted the tempo or, or something, or you know, it's half a preloaded thing on there that I've um, got that going, and I might be doing a couple things different, like hitting a couple things um, and putting that in my looper. Um, I've got that drum set, um, running into a stereo looper and the stereo looper, um, I've got a like stereo down mix cable running out of that into a like four channel mixer. Um, I've got a microphone, I've got a Taylor, um, 314 is what you're hearing on all of those tracks. Like, um, it's all acoustic guitar. Um, a lot of it doesn't sound like it. No. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I like the idea of kind of breaking the conventions of what people think you can do with an acoustic guitar. As far cool. as in a studio, you can do whatever you want with it. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't really matter until you um, start getting into like performing and um, when you're really putting out sound and fighting feedback. You can't fight. You can't stop it from feeding back and squealing like yeah. if you're playing stuff like that with 
a lot of power and okay. amplification yeah. and things like that unless you um, cover the sound hole or do like Billy Strings and put a pickup on there and um, have a switch. Um, huh. Now, uh, so the the drum deal, your acoustic that doesn't sound like an acoustic, and then is there there's any? I have a bass. bass? I have a Yamaha bass, um, and that is it's okay. I bought it for like two hundred bucks at a guitar shop when I was like, you know what, I need to add some bass to these tracks, and that's literally everything um that drum set i got for my stepson a few years ago for christmas and he played with it a little bit but he didn't really um take to it or really show that much interest sure. so um when i started recording stuff or you yeah, I, I basically just, no i made sure he was okay with right, it right, he was right. like yeah and he's got a keyboard too and i moved that upstairs but i don't there's no keys no keys happening on no. any of your tracks no there's okay. no keys i i i could figure it out but i just don't honestly if i'm like um this is probably the laziest music production ever <laughs> i was just about to say uh you shouldn't downplay but i'm not trying to downplay okay. well, i'm giving you what i can in live mixes um i i'm not trying to downplay it i'm just i'm trying to be minimalistic as far as like post-production i want to keep things organic i want it to sound the way that it sounds to me when i'm um kind of in that zone where everything just shuts off and i'm just playing yeah. and improvising yeah. I want it to sound the same way it does to me, and sure. if I um, over-process it to death and like get wrapped up in post-production, um, then it's not going to be authentic, I guess, and that's what I'm going for. Cool. I, if I want it to be organic. Yeah, um, I think I, I'm a huge, huge <laughs> fan. Uh, it's the same Both way uh, of, of <clears throat> organic. Yeah. Like, anytime you try to force something it's just like i don't like i don't like this right. in my core uh and so uh keep doing what you're doing and uh somewhere along the way uh joe's garage will uh oh, land in your ears because because he's preferred that to happen organically as well right oh, yeah. um but yeah i think uh you know absolutely keep doing it exactly the way you're doing it until something touches you and says Okay, it's time for a pivot, and that could be like you meet a person yeah. that wants to like you know collaborate with you, or and they they see uh, uh, oh I could I could give you this, or I could show you how to do this, or whatever, whatever, yeah. uh, or maybe you know, and, anyway. and that's really um, I don't know that's kind of big picture one of the things i would like to do like I don't know I'm gonna keep putting stuff out there I can be pretty productive um, like. At this, so far, I've released three things in, like, 90 days um, of, like, working toward... I started in September when I quit my job, basically. Um, so that's not terrible. That's a pretty good pace. No, um, it's great. It's <laughs> great. Uh, again, Richard Davis, uh, Sound, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. You can find it there, right? Yeah. Those spot, those I think spots. you can find it more places, more but pla I'm not yeah, sure. I hear, I hear you. Same, same. Um so wow that's cool that uh it's a lot of fun i'm like having fun but i'm really hoping that you know something comes of it but i'm not trying to force anything i'm i'm not gonna yeah i don't expect um 
anything to go viral or anything like that. Oh, I do put a bunch of stuff on TikTok if I get okay. ideas. I have a bunch of stuff on there too, cool. like videos. Um, Very cool. And whatnot. There's some covers on there. Nice. And, um, and I'm still tweaking the sound constantly. Yeah, and, always. Um, working on it. And I, you know, get some ideas. I'll try something new on there and like yeah. I, I get a little response and like, okay, well, maybe I should develop that. Yeah. Um, I think it further. was drifting. Probably. Um, because the thing that it conjured in my mind was, um, what's the name of that track? The terrible thing. Shafty. Yeah. Is that Shafty? Yeah. It, it's boom, yeah. boom, 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 intro. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, so also that day, I thought maybe it was in a text, but I couldn't find it. Um, so I mentioned that I asked what what's playing and you're like, actually it's something of mine. And I asked you if you'd ever listened to fish and it sounds like familiar with story of the ghost. Yeah. Sounds like Shafty. Uh, and I think at some point you said, uh, I mean, I'm, I've never seen him. I, I won't go to a show. No, I'm, I didn't say I wouldn't go to a show. I, I thought just you said, said you were afraid um, of their fans. Oh, uh, the, the crowd kind of scares me out of fish. That's what bit. I'm saying. And I was just kind of joking. Oh, I, uh, I thought you were for real. No, I was, I was joking about the notion that like the entire crowd at a fish show is very chemical. Um, but meaning drugs. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, um, there's no shortage I've, oh, I'm sure. My my, prime... <laughs> you're talking to the guy who's. Um, I I've seen Les Claypool probably six times, seven okay. times. Okay. Yeah. My primary my show buddy, who's in uh, Charleston, South Carolina these days, just texted me today to see if I if I was interested in Delaware. They just announced a four day uh, festival oh, wow. in uh, Mond. I forget the name. It's a goofy name, but it's uh, you know I, I've uh, I've got eighty two shows under my belt, and probably half of them are with him. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, there's drugs, but there's also people that aren't doing drugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, there actually there's uh, you don't have to look too hard to find it. There's a there's a there's a uh, a pre- there's a sober presence. Uh, like an official sober presence within the fan base. And they have, they usually have like a spot, you know, oh, like, nice. uh, a actual booth. Cool. Um, and, That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, I'll see people post stuff, you know, Hey, does anybody know where the blah, 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 blah is? And there's lots of folks interacting about that. So it's yeah. fascinating to me. Oh, uh, I don't really care either way. I'm not like a straight edge or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I smoke weed. I, sure. Um, yeah. Um, mushrooms are like my favorite thing. Okay. But uh, that's, yeah. um, I don't know. I'm at a place in my life where I don't care. I don't care about yeah. getting high. My weed smoking is medicinal. It's like regimented sure. um, at this point. Sure. I got off psych meds and stuff. Okay. And, um did the medical card thing when they came out with that. And I don't know. It's weird. It's one of those things where I'm probably the worst like pot smoker in the world. Cause I don't actually support like recreational. I don't think it should be commercialized. I shouldn't be able to go buy it in like 
serious drug form at the store you know what i mean but like i i think medical is appropriate i think it should be decriminalized i think you should be allowed to grow it and have it for yourself but like that vape pen that you're buying you're just supporting the big tobacco company that's capitalizing on you and turning this into a drug um, yeah that's fair is far more addictive yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um well uh, i mean uh you gotta see him I mean, oh, um, I I would be down. There's, uh, you know, every around this time of year, somebody floats what they think. Um, what do you think of Goose? I like them. Yeah, have you seen them? I have. I saw them. I haven't seen them. I got into. I was checking out all their music last year. Kind of, I rolled through the entire like live catalog on Apple Music. There's quite a bit of material on there. (laughs) I saw them two years ago at the Truman. Uh, okay. Same place I saw Dweezil. And then uh, this past year they played uh, the Midland. So like kind of a small room to kind of a not so small room, yeah. like in one year. Right. I mean, they they blew up quick. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy them. I do. Um, they're, you know, uh, I, I, most of what you can find streaming is uh, like it's it's again organic. Uh, if if I seek it out, right, I'm like, eh. But but if it, I, I roll on shuffle in the car <laughs> and at home, and and when a goose track lands oh, yeah. organically, I'm always like, fuck, this is good, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't know. There's some tracks that I wish I could just um, somehow find a way to like split it into two. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair. Like, um, I could do without the first half of Old Man's Boat. Okay. I want just the second half. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, well, they're, uh, you know, uh, so, so around this time every year, people start floating what they think are going to be summer tour dates. Oh, yeah. And I, that list has been going around the last couple of days, and it looks like uh, there's uh, pretty much every line is firm except for two. And those two say it's either going to be at such and such venue in Arkansas or at Starlight. But it's two nights, and I highly doubt that they would play two nights here. They almost never come here. You're talking Goose. Fish. T- fish. fish. Goose or... comes here all the time. Yeah. Or okay. Once a year, at least. Uh, but Fish is like uh, 10 years, you know, between stops in KC yeah. and five years and six years. And so if they wind up here next summer, I'd be surprised. But if they do, you should definitely. Well, I'll give it some thought. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll be. I'll. I would be down. I'd well, be down to go. Uh, that's the thing. I didn't go to shows for the longest time. Like uh, I didn't really. The only concerts I ever went to while I was in the service, I was working security. Mm. <laughs> um, okay. But it was fun getting to work security at Coachella. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's fun being out there in the desert yeah. and working security, watching people get wasted and fall yeah. out, and getting to enjoy the show. Like. Um, Actually, Still. the only is this the only the only fish festival I've been to is at Empire Polo Grounds where Coachella is held. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was called Festival Eight, and <laughs> it was it was um, in two thousand nine, I think, and uh, it was real real fun. And it uh, they did uh, it was a Halloween uh, weekend, so. Typically, if they're playing a Halloween show, they'll do three sets that night, and the middle set is somebody else's album in its entirety. Um, and that year was, and you don't find you don't know until like right, right, right before. <laughs> and that year it was Exile on Main Street, 
and they had I'm not familiar with it. Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. Uh, and they had um, Sharon Jones, uh, R.I.P. and piece of Sharon Jones, and another gal doing backup in a full horn section. It was and anyway, it was a big, nice. big, big production, and they made a, a movie out of the whole show anyway and then uh so it was a friday night two sets saturday night three sets and then sunday they did uh uh an acoustic set at like noon and they gave out free coffee and donuts to nice. everybody oh, that's and it's awesome. just very intimate and anyway um no this sounds cool the only thing on my radar right now is um sasanta i don't know if you're from um spell it for me please it's i think it's 60 in italian it's s-e-s-s-a that's the name of the like tour of the show um maynard james cannon from tool and a perfect circle you know familiar absolutely Uh, it's his like 60th birthday this year and so pussifer a perfect circle and primus are touring and all three bands are going to be on the same stage at the same time the whole night it's um maynard's birthday same stage at the same time all three bands playing at the same time huh wow i mean but he's in two of them two of them yeah how's he gonna do that i don't know it's gonna be a party yeah 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 for sure (laughs) that's on my radar right now Um, that's in april at um Bonner Springs. Okay. Sandstone. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, well, thanks again for being here. Uh, and thank you for, uh, an amazing list. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Big fan. Um, I usually, uh, I don't even remember what all I gave you. Right. I like to roll through them, uh, chronologically in order of release. Uh, okay. This one's a little, yeah, I might be out of order in one spot, but we'll, uh, but anyway, we start in uh, 1981 with uh, King Crimson's Discipline. Oh, yeah. How many times have you talked about this one? Great. King Crimson has be- basically come up once or twice. Yeah. Because I've, I mentioned I've heard it. you mention okay. King Crimson and Robert Fripp. Yes, yes, um, yes. Which is interesting to me. Robert Fripp's, uh, I don't know, I haven't like d- dove too much into him. Or, um, I checked out all their like 70s stuff. Um, I think it's an absolute disgrace that you go to King Crimson and Apple Music and Essential Album and the only thing you get is Greg Lake and I'm like, no, you guys are way wrong. <laughs> Um, um, in the court of the Crimson King, like the 1969. I, mean, I listened to this on Apple Music. Oh yeah, I know. I'm just saying that's what Apple Music tells you is their essential albums. They're like oh, must I see. listen I to. See. I see. You know how you scroll down and it says essentials. Like you should listen to these albums. Okay. Um, okay. And it has that. <laughs> huh. I think it's terrible. It's a sin. It needs to be like discipline. Be. And three of a perfect pair right there as like essential albums. Well, this one is eight of 13, seven tracks, 38 minutes, and a, a first not yeah. only to be mentioned by a guest, but especially <laughs> to have for somebody to have it on their list. Oh, that's um, great. And, and so, uh, you know, I mean, uh, y- you're in my unprofessional assessment, uh, young to be yeah. a King Crimson fan. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I found King Crimson organically. Okay. Um, like I, uh, well, kind of. Um, it's one of those things. I actually um, didn't get into King Crimson until right around 2020, I think. The, so this like 
a new thing. This is in the last few years. But you've consumed um, oh yeah the whole uh, studio library. Much. Yeah, impressive. Um, pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say all. I kind of fizzled out after Thrack. Okay, okay, um, that's fair. Yeah. But still, I'm more an Adrian Ballou albums. Fans. I like Adrian Ballou. Okay, um, and I found this one because the track from this album that's on the other one i gave you um on the frog brigade live oh. frogs album yes we'll get to that yeah. one yeah. but i was i was like thela and genji what is he saying and i went to the lyrics on apple music and i scrolled down and i whenever i saw it it had all of this stuff that wasn't in the song, and I went, "Wait, what is all this words here?" It was um, everything that Adrian's like saying over the track in the actual recording, all of that spoken word where he's talking about his okay. incident and everything. I could read all that on the like cover of it that didn't have any of that, and it said by King Crimson, and I went and I asked my boss if he knew anything about King Crimson, and he goes, "Oh," and he brought up Greg Lake, okay, and. It, that was King Crimson in his head. And same thing with my father-in-law, who um, that was King Crimson in his head. So I'm like, okay, well, um, I'm going to look into this a little further. And uh, that album, I found the album with it on there. I listened to the original track first. Of course. And I went, okay, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then the album, I think I put it on for a mo. To be honest, I think I was cutting the grass or something the first time I listened to it. I was cutting Perfect. the grass in the backyard, and I remember like getting done listening to it and going, what did I just listen to? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember some stuff like being cool and hearing the um, – I could hear the loops, and oh. I could hear the like dueling time signatures and all of that stuff like just from – being a musician and yeah. jamming with myself for however many years using looper pedals and stuff, I could hear the stuff that was going on. And I'm like, okay, this is really cool. I need to listen to this some more. And then I don't know when it happened. There was a certain point in time when I put that on and I heard elephant talk and I went, wait a minute. And I put on Jerry was a race car driver and it's the same fucking thing. No and way. I went, oh my God, Les Claypool's doing elephant talk right there. And that's when it clicked for me that nothing is, you know, original. Nothing is completely from nowhere. Everything is derived from something. And it, it happened even worse whenever I went and saw Billy Strings and it was the back and forth between, oh, brother, where art thou? And like trying to melt my face. And I was just like, dude, this is too much. But um, you, Did you see Billy in Independence? Yeah, uh, I went the first night. And? I didn't go the second night. Right. Different show the second night from what I heard. Okay. But um, what was your experience? Um, it was oh, it was cool. It was what I expected. It was too much, though. It was too intense. It was too ADHD, I guess. Okay. It felt like it was on a half-hour timer of, like, try to melt your face and then suddenly, like, stop and then go, okay, we're going to do an old-timey number for you guys. And it was Oh Brother Artho, and it was like there was no in-between. Huh. Um, Did you go by yourself? I went with my boss from okay. the shoe okay. shop and his brother and one of his friends. Nice. Okay. He's been going to Billy Strings for a while. Sure. Um, my boss there has – he's actually into the bluegrass stuff more than me. I gave it a chance because I wanted to give it a chance. Yeah. I'm not into the bluegrass thing I a whole you. lot. I hear you. Um, yeah. It's not for everybody. Yeah, it's not. Um 
<clears throat> track three on this one, Mate Gudusai. Yeah, that one took me a minute to come back around to. Oh, I thought that was that was the standout for me. It was, was it gorgeous? Oh yeah, yes, it is. Yes. It is. Um, frame by frame okay. for me was just the um, the guitar playing and that whenever it first started and that kind of loop and the droning, but it wasn't droning at the same time. Mm. And I was like, okay. Um, that's what caught my attention. Okay. Like okay. the first time I listened to it, that was like, I need to hear that again. Um, so these guys, you know, I've, uh, again, coming back to the organic thing, you know, there's, uh, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take the plunge. Right. And then I put something on, I'm like, it's not happening. It's just not, it'd be, you know, cause it's just, sometimes it's just it not happens. the right time. It happens. Sometimes it's just, it's just not for you. Uh, and I've, you know, I've done that two or three times over the last 20, 25 years oh, yeah. and, uh, just been like, you know what? I don't know if it's ever going to happen. This re <laughs> my confidence is, is back, uh, listening to this record because it was really enjoyable. Um, the sheltering sky oh, yeah. was also, I was like, God damn, this is stellar. So did you listen to just the original, um, record or did you listen to the, um, whole thing with the bonus tracks that's on mm. Apple Music. I just the original. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You should check out those bonus tracks. Three on, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the one with the bonus tracks. There's an alternate version of um, Thela and Genji that's actually live on the recordings live, but okay. it has um, Robert Fripp like introducing the song and telling the story about oh. coming up with the song and cool. how like there's this whole thing that actually happened to Adrian Ballou. He was actually walking around out on the street in New York City in like 1980 um, with a um, tape recorder, like Walkman tape recorder thing, just talking into the tape, and he for real got stopped by some guys. Like, hey, what what are you doing? Um, he thought he was gonna get killed out there. <laughs> what were, who were they? What were they? Oh, some about? like um, gangbanger types. Um, what were, why were they concerned with what he was doing? Because he was talking. He had a, a tape recorder, and he was talking, and he said something about there being a gun, and this is a dangerous place. Because that's the lines in the song. He told okay, Adrian to okay. go out on the street and he's get a, saying what he's seeing. Right, and no, he's saying like the lines in the song, oh, I see, I see. but he's trying to make it more believable because it wasn't sounding good enough on the record. And I don't know how much you know about Robert Fripp and his like process. About um, as much as I know about King Crimson. Okay. Apparently he's like a madman in the studio, like okay. about like just doing things over and over again. Very oh meticulous. Like sure. if it's not like sounding perfect or like he'll like, like I said, he had Adrian go walk out. He was like, take the cassette machine and go out there on the actual street and get a feel of what it's like to be out there. <laughs> wow. And, and then start cool, like, though. yeah, it's kind of cool, but it like, I don't know. It almost got him mugged. <laughs> Well, it was really good stuff, um, and I uh, I printed the back too oh. because there's a line on there that I really really love, and it's uh, sort of like the whole return to organic. Uh, can you read it for me, please? Yeah, discipline is never an end in itself; only a means to an end. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like that a lot, yeah. um, and I thought that was really cool that they put that on their uh, on their record. Um, so from 81, we have a big leap, uh, forward to 1998 story of the ghost. So this is one of the first CDs I ever owned. 
I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was 10 years old when it came out. Oh. Um, I remember really liking the second track, and that was about it. That's uh, Birds of a Feather. Oh, gosh. Like, when I was like 10, uh, I just really loved the bass line, like the groove. For some reason at the time, to a 10-year-old, that sounds like, oh, this is cool. This like the music on Charlie Brown, kind (laughs) of. Yes, yes. Um, Have you seen Bittersweet Motel? No. Okay. Um, Todd Phillips, the movie producer or director, um, follows them for uh, a summer tour and then goes to Europe with them. And then this, the whole thing, the year, the summer culminates with one of their festivals. They've done 10 now. This, this one in Delaware, I think is going to be 11, but it's, you know, like these, uh, I'm not, I, I don't know what the numbers were for festival eight at empire polo grounds, but the one that happens in this documentary, there's 70,000 people and you get good, good camera view from stage yeah. looking out. And it is like, I bet God <laughs> damn. Anyway, um, it's really, really fantastic because he's just following them around. You know, it's it's really organic. Uh, cool. And the opening uh, to the documentary is them in the studio trying to write Birds of a Feather. <laughs> it's really cool. Like Fishman's drinking a beer oh, wow. and, and Trey's saying like to no, no. So so when we when we come to that bar, how about you go to saying that to Paige to trying to get him? Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's, it is, I watch it at least once a year and it's been out since 1998 or whatever. So I'll give my brother a little bit of credit, I guess, for this one. This is one of the, so there were two CDs at the time and it was like his rejects. It was something that he bought and he didn't really like. So he's like, here, you can have this. Um, and that happened a lot to me as a kid, like, especially while we were a teenager, my brother was very like, I don't know. He was very into like punk rock and metal and stuff, kind of music snobby. And if he didn't really like something, he would be like, here you go. You can have this. And, um, at 10 years old, I got given, um, the story of the ghosts and I got, um, uh, like two disc velvet underground, um, which one? I don't remember. What? It had Sweet Jane on it. Okay. And Maybe Alive? Yeah, I think yeah. it was yeah, yeah. It was like a two-disc. Yeah. It was two discs. I think one disc was live and one disc wasn't. Um, well, they only put out four. They had Self-Titled and uh, then Velvet Underground and Nico. And then they had White Light, White Heat, and then Loaded uh, were the only four studio albums oh, they put out. I don't know. Anyway doesn't matter um no surprise that uh punk rock brother would not uh dig on this record but why did he buy it in the first place no clue okay (laughs) okay um no clue i think it was like friends and stuff that he had at the time that were telling him oh you should listen to this like and he would go get it and then not like it he would would give it to me if he didn't really like it but all of my cds actually got lost that summer so it was one of those things where um I had this little book. I had an old CD book that yeah. held maybe like 36 discs okay. or something. Case like, Logic? Yeah, something like that. You know, I'm 10 years old at the time. That was the summer we were living in Germany. And that summer, my parents 
put me and my brother on a plane by ourselves for the first time there. He was 13. I was 10. We were old enough to, you know, they have everything in place for you to do that sort of thing. And um, my grandma picked us up at the airport and we went back to Kentucky and my parents like did their European vacation thing that summer and, you know, got some alone time Um, for a whole summer. Yeah, for wow. like a month. Okay, I don't okay. know. It wasn't the whole like. Sure. It wasn't ninety days. It was maybe like forty-five. We'll call it forty-five days to be fair. Okay. <laughs> um, a lot can happen in forty-five sure. days, though. But we were actually in route to go there, and I don't know how many CDs I had in this book at that age. You know, um, I might have had fifteen to twenty in there, but that was like what I had for entertainment while we were there. And my brother was the last one to grab anything out of there and he left it on the plane and I lost all of my CDs. And I honestly didn't come back to that album until much later, much later. It wasn't until I got a new car in 2019 and had XM radio for the first time. And at some point, I started listening to Fish Radio. Um, 29? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 29, I think. At some point, I started listening to Fish Radio on there, and then some stuff started coming back, and I heard something on it. I was like, wait, what was that out? And I was like, oh, I had this when I was a kid, and I got excited, and I put it on. I was like, okay. And it was the first time I listened to the whole thing again, um, there, like, I think it was in the MoMA dance or something where it comes back to the beginning. And I was like, yes, okay, this is great. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, um, not a bad track on the record. If you ask me, I mean, I, I no, there's not a bad, I wouldn't say anything's bad, but, um, I'll be honest. There's stuff I skip if I'm like, well, any, any tracks come to mind that are skips for you? Um, Gaiuti a lot okay. of the time. Okay. It's just fair. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I uh, I when this I'm this comes out when I'm graduating college and I'm I'm skipping that every time. Yeah, and eventually I came around and, and developed an appreciation for it, but all the in the middle, I'm like, oh, that's not that not for me. And um, Ficus is that the name of the track? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm skipping that most yeah. of the time. But um, but everything you, else is great. <laughs> then you get like "Water in the Sky," which yeah. for me sonically is like one of the best songs ever recorded. I um, mean, it's just at, so full and um, joy. It's good. I mean, yeah. So, uh, other studio records by them that you're familiar with? Um, Farmhouse. Okay. Which is the follow-up, right? Yeah. Okay. Those, um, and that's, I think I, um, there's one with a horse on it. I, Hoist. I've listened to that. I think I've listened to that once, maybe. I don't know. I'm bad. At, okay. <laughs> and I just like couldn't get into it. But I really, um, I dig listening to Fish Radio if I'm in the car. Sure. Uh, you know what? Uh, I am. Uh, except I don't have XM anymore. But yeah, God, I need to, I keep, I need. You mentioned, I was like, God damn it, I need to cancel it. I moved away from Fish Radio, though. I spent the last year, most of the last year that I had XM Radio, going back and forth between Watercolors and 309. And 309 is Jam On. They play Goose, they play Fish, they play Billy Strings. What's they, Watercolors? Um, smooth jazz. Okay, Contemporary cool. jazz. Um, 
so I, 69 is the I'm channel such a huge fan that i could talk to you for <laughs> 20 minutes about each album of fish almost each album all but one really uh and why it's amazing and why you should listen to it i won't (laughs) what i will do is i'll suggest one because because multiple reasons why i think it's in your wheelhouse and it's called the sicket disc okay s-i-k-e-t it's a much lesser known um it's the cover is black and white and it's like a there's like a bmw 2002 I just it's an interesting photo but what it is is all outtakes from this session oh nice and it is a whole lot of noodling and oh, yeah. stuff like uh, <laughs> shafty yeah stuff like cool. that i mean it's for somebody that's got an ear for the 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 peculiar the yeah. the, son- the the sonically arousing if you will it, 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 i'm not saying that you will like it i think you'll find it interesting cool so anyway uh probably worth checking out from 1998 to 2006 what came out in 2006 amputecture oh did you skip one mars volta no well that's why i think well that came out in 04 what that frog brigade well so that's what i i said there might be a point where we're out of order that's okay uh, I love the Mars Volta. I, I, could talk, have, I could talk about every one of their albums for oh, 20 minutes. I'm that guy with the Mars Volta. Okay. I'm Jonah Hill from that movie who's like, yes, I love the Mars Volta. They're so intense. I have never... <laughs> I've only heard the name. Oh, really? Never put them on. Wow, I okay. I put this on, I was like, what? Holy shit, this is cool. Yeah. Did um, you look into the like production of this album at no. all? So John Frusciante is actually playing guitar on this whole album. Chili Peppers. Yes. Okay. He's playing all the guitar, all the lead guitar on this entire album, so that um, Omar, the guy that writes all the songs, he wanted to be able to sit back and like objectively critique what they were doing. And that's cool. Um, like he called and they toured a lot with the Chili Peppers, and they had like a good relationship with um, John, and he called John Frusciante. He was like, hey, I want you to come um, put these tracks down. I want you to play and lead guitar on all these tracks so I can sit back and just watch. And um, That's going to make the whole thing better. (laughs) Um, Lots. and So this is three of eight for them. Eight tracks, 76 minutes. Lots and lots happening in this record. Oh, yeah. Lots to enjoy. Lots to unpack. Lots to keep track of. Oh, yeah. Um, Mexican-American prog rock from El Paso. Yeah. Um, and a big chunk of years between records six and seven, uh, but then their eighth comes a, a year after their seventh, which was last year. Right. So they're still doing their thing. Yeah, right? they actually did a show in October, and I feel like I missed out because I wasn't sure what to really expect. And they had um, they had a guest with them, um, somebody who calls herself Terry Genderbender, and it's from a like she was from a like mexican like punk rock in your face like um metal band with chicks and there was like weird like femdommy stuff going Mm -hmm. on and her like kicking the other girl around on the stage and like it was called like um the 
the Butcherettes is okay. the name of okay. the act. And my where was this show? I never saw it. No, I know, but where. Uh, you said you missed out like you should have oh it was here in kansas city in october they were here i was halfway expecting them to play like i was like i don't my boss said that they were coming i wasn't sure about the the opening act or whatever i and then um i wasn't sure what to expect out of the show because what, um, what, what venue are they at here who knows yeah. Okay. Um, okay. It might have been Cable Dahmer or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. Sure. I, um, to be honest, um, but yeah, I feel like I kind of missed out after looking at some reviews of that. But well, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, w- what's your introduction story to these guys? Um, this is another one I gotta give my brother credit for okay. a little bit. Um, I think two thousand four ish was the year that their first album came out okay um and they actually were from another like kind of um punk rock alternative band and i can't think of the name of sure. that group to save my life right now when i'm on the spot yeah but, it's fine um and then the mars volta came out in like 2004 with their first album de laust and the comatorium is the name of it and that's the one anyone who's like a huge fan that's the one that like people tell ever that's the one the music snob in me was like you need to listen to this one you need to listen to this one but um at the same time i gave you like my favorite album of theirs basically this is hands down like uh, my favorite album of theirs this is when they went like full bore and just embraced the all of the funk and everything else going on and it was kind of just balls to the wall like okay we're not gonna be um we're not gonna be shy about any of this their albums before this some of it's a tough listen but if you ever get time like you should deep dive into their stuff um yeah, some of it's hard to get through. This was the first time. This was the first time they made an album um, that every track that each track stands on its own. Okay. Every album before this one was very conceptual. The entire album had an overall narrative. Yeah, um, that's not happening on this one. And it was very after one listen. And it was kind of all over the place. Like their first album is really, really good. You, I would give it a listen. Okay. It's worth listening okay. to. Their second one is a little bit tougher. It's got some really good tracks on it, um, but it's tough to get through the whole thing. There's some trailing off. There's some silence. There's some, if you can get through eight minutes of this track and um, listen to this like three minutes right here, it's amazing it'll pay, blow your mind off. there it pays off but it's a tough listen think wow. of like um i don't know it reminds me and here's another like organic reference that led me kind of in the same way king crimson i found king crimson listening to like les claypool um i found like old yes listening to the mars volta think close yeah. to the edge okay. um their first two albums are steeped in the like that first two three minutes of close to the edge that record of just constant dissonance all over their place their first two albums got a lot of that going on um interesting <laughs> interesting well uh <clears throat> very cool uh and i mean gorgeous artwork um it was it was just a true i mean i've never oh, okay. i mean i've heard stuff 
with you know a little bit of but nothing like this right. uh, you know and it was it's when you i mean there's plenty of stuff you can listen to and say i've never heard anything like this before and i'll never listen to it ever again <laughs> this is not one of those this is appealing and intriguing oh, yeah. and uh it, it's one of those like whoa they you know what what i say they have eight records uh i mean uh, an investment of yeah. uh you know undivided attention to and those newest two that you mentioned um are in they kind of count um they're really one record um oh. the newest two it's an acoustic reworking of the most recent one that came out after like a 10-year hiatus gotcha. or something it was like okay. 10 to 12 years something like that um and they'd both been working on like other projects and stuff too um huh. the two main guys during that like 10 years like yeah. um yeah they have a bunch of solo stuff out there there's uh there's a project with um flea playing bass and um i think their drummer from this group and i can't remember the name of that either there's a ton of material out okay there. <laughs> cool. worth exploring uh, <clears throat> well we'll keep it in texas and and skip to 2018 with crew angben oh uh, yeah Con, con is that uh i don't know that's actually um thai for airplane yes something like yeah. that uh-huh. and uh, i don't know the chick was like studying thai and she just liked that word yeah so yeah it's stuck um <clears throat> second of four 10 tracks 42 minutes um some of the chillest jams oh, in yeah. town man i could listen to that all day uh there's actually i was uh, i um i'll i'll usually put uh you know some audio intro and an outro for each episode and and what that is oh they're great for that has <laughs> nothing to do with the guest it's just what what i've uh, most of the time i have something being like yeah. okay I, I, sometimes i gotta like i got lists everywhere <laughs> of stuff to why did i like that that was but recently i used a track of theirs from uh, like a dub version of this whole record. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with that. And too. there, there's oh my god, there's man. some good stuff. On there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and that's not to slight this version, oh. but I but I th- this is I mean this is just a handful of episodes ago that I found myself in that pocket. Oh, cool. So when this is on your list, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Cool. Like I know I kind of know that record. Mm. Um, the discovery story for them. Um. XM three oh nine. Okay, okay. There you go. Yeah, perfect, perfect <laughs> plug. Uh, they were they're in the wheelhouse on there. They get actually a decent amount of play on there. And I just uh, um, when I was listening, like I would catch myself like, okay, I, I like this. Yeah. Like, and then I ended up diving on sure. Apple Music. I went down the Apple Music rabbit hole. I love doing that. I do too. Way. I do too. Um, are you uh, a person that consumes uh, Tiny Desk concerts? Um, no. No. Are you familiar though? Maybe is a YouTube thing. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, they can, have one. They do. It's like in a library. It's, it's all. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. I think I've seen it. Okay. Oh, really? they're doing one of the tracks on this. I okay. think so. Yeah, I I've seen. So. I've seen. I don't think I've watched the whole thing. I think I've seen clips of it. Right. Same um, here. Same <laughs> here. And that goes for the whole series. I've right. never. 
it's it's there's so many and i mean everybody raves about all of them and it's like fuck i gotta at some point sit down and consume this whole library of <laughs> anyway uh they're super cool um i uh like struggle to think of a moment in the day where it wouldn't be appropriate to put them on they they just kind of work all the time yeah. and they don't have a ton of music and I'm still just getting, you know, my feet wet with their library. Yeah. But it's like every track, I'm like, yeah, that's groovy. That's groovy. I can dig that. I can dig that. Oh, that's good. And, of course, you know, they um, they uh, opened for Trey Anastasio's Ghost of the Forest okay. band in 2019. And then uh, something. I think he, I think, oh, I think he joined, I think Trey joined them on stage at some oh, festival. Cool. Uh, so they, they've been, you know, it's kind of one of those, they were like over here on yeah. my radar and you can, they're kind of yeah. like looping closer and closer. Right. And then all of a sudden they're here and I was like, ah, I knew, I knew I was going to do that. They kind of fell into the like jam band scene somewhere yes. along yes. the last few yes. years, I guess, but, um, good for them. Yeah. So here's, here's the out of order piece. Uh, Colonel Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade Live Frogs Set 1 and Sets 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Okay? So, Google says 2019 is when it came out, okay? And bear with me. <laughs> Wikipedia says 2020. Um, I have this from 2001. Do you have set 1? It's just set 1. Dude, I had set two my whole life and couldn't find set one. <laughs> I thought I had both, and I went to dig this out, and I was like, where the fuck is set two? I, I had set two for years and years and years. I had set two. I bought it at Hastings in the used bin for like $5 or something in like 2004, 2005 time frame. Okay. And this was right after I had seen Primus. Um, I went and saw Primus 2004 or five, somewhere around there, I think. I was in high school still. Sure. I was like 16, maybe. Um, they were doing the like Seas of Cheese tour where they did that whole album front yeah. to back. That was here, um, Memorial Hall. Nice. Where I saw Great venue. Yeah, it Great was cool. Venue. It was good Especially show. For a cool outfit like Primus. Super memorable. Yeah. Like 20 minute drum solo, dude, for wow. American Life. But then you got the same thing when. Um, I don't know. There was 20 minutes of drums um, at the Frog Brigade show at Grinders last year. Okay, and and uh, currently not on this, not listed or or, or not pre different drummer, but the current drummer is a KC dude, Mike Dillon. No, um, I don't know. Maybe he is. It is. Oh, cool. Yeah, his wife was here uh, six episodes ago. Oh, nice. And uh, had one of his albums on her list. And uh, I was like, how the fuck do I know? And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, he fucking plays with the Frog Brigade? Yeah. I mean, he's in other bands, too. Okay. Um, nevertheless, uh, this would come to you because you're into Primus. You're into... Right. I was into stuff. Primus. I found it. I found set two. And I was familiar with animals at that point. Like, my uncle... I had i think i had dark side and that was something that i listened to time to time and my uncle was like um you should listen to animals and was he gave me a copy Shouts of that uncle and i liked it and then i listened 
to that version of it and like i was like this is better than the pink floyd record <laughs> that's what i said and that was it. dude after I scoffing to that after thing. Scoff, a buddy was like hey check this out like i i wasn't really oh it's better i hadn't fully embraced primus yeah. yet so i was like why is les claypool doing a side project where he's doing a whole floyd album and then i put it on i was like oh shit this is really good yeah. I could do. Uh, I could uh, spend twenty minutes on anything like Les Claypool's ever done. To okay. be honest, I well, I like all things that don't sound like anything else ever, like anywhere. So um, so kinda. this might be the perfect point for you to uh, explain to me your uh, retracted affinity for sausage and oysterhead. Oh, um. Because they're no, there's not. It's not retracted. I wouldn't say it's. You said something um, like I'm not the not that good, but keep coming of, back of Oysterhead. Um, I feel like there's some good stuff on there. Have you listened to Oysterhead? Yeah. Okay. There's I love some good that stuff on there. I feel like um, really came back from Vietnam just to. I feel like there's a struggle between who's driving. Whether or not it's Les or Trey, and like they never Stewart, huh? It's never Stewart. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, isn't that it's a super group? Like that's inevitable in some sense, right? Yeah, but even like the t- just the overall like tone and feel of the songs, they either come through as like one or the other, and it wasn't a, necessarily a new thing. And it's like, oh, okay, this is a Trey song. Oh, okay, this is a Les song. I don't know. I I like them both in their own element, but like mm. I, at the same time, it's like okay. Um, what about that riff? The the primary riff in uh, in the title track, when all this has been done and said, and Trey's, oh. Trey's doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Loop. <laughs> that's one of those tracks that's like annoying to me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. And um, the, I will say this. I don't know. It's um. For being as big a fan as I am of Les Claypool and the fact that I've seen him like seven times live or something, um, it's an incredible live show, incredible like musician, has the perfect timing. He could be like sneezing and it's going to be the perfect fucking time for him to have sneezed at that show. Right. Um, I don't know what it is about it. It's going to turn into a moment. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of material out there on albums that's kind of annoying <laughs> on if primus records no not on primus oh, records okay um actually the, the desaturating seven is a tough listen okay if you've never listened i haven't um, i know uh sailing seas of cheese and uh is there a primus suck that's on the oh um there's that's their live album mm. um suck on this uh and that's actually the first album they yeah. ever came out with and that's a live recording of them opening it up the for brown somebody. album and and that, that's a there's some stuff on there that's good but um it's all a tough listen and i guess where i was coming from with like mm-hmm. i don't know i gave you sausage but this um and sausage are like the same thing because <laughs> Oh, all the songs on this are on Sausage. Okay, okay, um, okay, gotcha. All the songs on this are on Sausage, and I kind of thought the rules going into this was like, you want studio albums. 
and you kind of do and this is a live recording but it's basically the sausage album plus keyboards and um saxophony which is great plus uh an entire pink floyd record oh yeah bonus oh yeah even Uh, better i want studio albums but uh it doesn't always work out that way and I get live, I get greatest hits, I've gotten yeah. a playlist. I'm like, oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> and Sausage is a great record. Like, it holds up. There's stuff, I will throw it on and listen to it. Like, if I'm in the right mood, but if I'm not in the right mood and one of those tracks comes on, I'm skipping it every time. I'm like, no, not right now. Um, and there's some stuff on there that's kind of hard to get listened to, but it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter. And that's part of what brought me here in the first place was having this moment of realization that like none of it matters. I can put whatever I want out there. I can do anything. I can ad lib some songs. I can do gibberish. It's too bad I'm not like a weird Creole guy. I could do a bunch of gibberish and be like Dr. John um, and get away with it. Just don't do the set that that dude bombed with before you went on set. Right. Exactly. I can do whatever I want and put it... And that's what... That was kind of my point, giving you stuff like Sausage and Oysterhead and throwing those out there as honorable mentions. It's like, there's stuff on there that does not hold up on its own as a track. Like, okay. If it was important to you at one point, then it's important for this show. they have their place. They have their place on that album. And sometimes you can't just have... um, You can't put an album together and have every track on there just be um slamming you can but you're gonna wear out whoever's listening it's to rare it. you need like a palate cleanse yeah and yeah. some of that is that's like their version of a palate cleanse but um it's kind of hard to get through sometimes <laughs> well it's i mean um <clears throat> every pretty much every conversation i have uh is is special and every list is special even if i don't dig the stuff that's on your list but when i do it's that much more enjoyable for me and when it's a a real robust uh packed list like yours then i'm (laughs) super excited so i'm i'm very grateful that you put it together and sent it to me and thank you for being here if you asked me today i would probably give you a different list i know i know i know (laughs) but i'm i could probably give you a different list once a month there you go that's good man it means you're checking you're into different stuff and yeah it's not always new it's right it's all over the place i I go down a lot of apple music rabbit holes and recently that's kind of what inspired me to put out that other ep and go ahead and get that out there like that's going to be out on the 24th and it was me taking my own advice essentially hey. because i had i was listening to some stuff that i found on apple music and i found like three or four albums and i'm like man these are good and they're one-offs of like singer songwriters or independent artists that didn't really seem to do much after that and i caught myself going back to one and then i was like man this right here there's one track on there and the track that follows i'm like more of that do that and then i just i went home and i was like okay i'm gonna take my own advice i'm not gonna put together some album i'm gonna do that um the thing i want to do and just make it short and sweet and here you go it's 20 minutes very cool um Um, i like to wrap with uh five funny finishers just a group of goofy (laughs) questions and then we'll get you out of here oh how long as we've been rolling huh uh 90 plus yeah i mean okay uh, it'll be 
it'll be closest close to two hours probably. Wow. Okay. Um, but uh, so it's easy the, to talk for a while. Yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> if you if it's about subject matter that you're passionate oh, about, yeah. you know. I can't believe you had that. I know. I I'm was, impressed. I was uh, I was actually when I went to I was it's like, too bad I didn't bring the other half. But they could be yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, I don't think I have the other half, yeah, to be honest, anymore. Yeah. But when this popped back up on Apple Music in 2020, I think it was 2019 or 2020 when the whole thing, it slowly kind of rolled out. I remember finding them separately on Apple Music and then finding the whole thing like a year later. Yep. And whenever that happened, it felt like something was complete again in my life that go. was missing. And I... I listen to this so much. I like to think that um, me listening to this so much for like two years prior to that show happening, like made that show and that tour somehow happen because I know the artists are looking at what people are listening to. Right. They can see what's getting played and what's not. And hopefully me listening to that like every day in Kansas City for I don't know how long um, (laughs) definitely made them come here. So if you um, have uh, a bucket list for life um, and, and let's say you have – maybe it's, it's, it's 10 things that you want to accomplish uh, and a lot of them are uh, – some come and go, some priority changes, but, but your top three are kind of always your top three. Um, if you were given – all of the necessary resources to go out there and do your top three, which is happening first, which is number one for you? Um, hmm. That's tough to say. It really is hard. Cause I don't, I'm not a like bucket list person. Sure. Um, okay. Okay. And I don't know. I guess it's because I have traveled, um, and stuff. I grew up living all over yeah, the place. Yeah. I've been, all over the place. Sure. I've been to Afghanistan. I've Nothing been to Vietnam. I've been to musically Thailand. or could... professionally or artistically. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I would like to get some stuff, you know, in front of like content curators and producers and things like that. But, um, digital music is very much pay to play just like anything else. Right. I got to pay money to have people like, check out my stuff yeah. or um get it in front of playlist curators and things like that and I that's i don't have money i quit my job actually <laughs> and filed for an increase in my va um compensation and i'm still waiting to go to another appointment for that and i withdrew my 401k and that's gone and my wife started working and <laughs> man so it's been kind of a crazy year so i guess um you know get out of debt Okay. How about that? Perfect. That'd be a good Perfect. one. But I might get some of that earplug money soon. Okay. Um, and the I don't know if you know anything about the whole. No idea. There's a 3M like big 3M lawsuit, um, and a lot of veterans are getting. Um, 3M had to pay out like six point something billion dollars um, for people being issued defective earplugs. Um, Holy in shit! In the military for x year through x year and i got issued defective earplugs and i have intermittent tinnitus and um i'm supposed to get a check from that settlement at some point um wow but we'll see wow um do you have an opinion do you want as somebody who has served do you want you know it's kind of become a thing for folks to 
say thank you. I don't care. You don't care. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't want to be offensive in either direction. Oh, no, you know no what I, mean? I get it. Um I get it totally. I think there's way to I don't know what happened. Um there was like a shift in this country um towards like people not knowing how to approach like service members or veterans or anything like that and like I don't know I think it's stupid um to be honest it's a lot of it's because people have a hard time adjusting to yeah. society and yeah. things like that and um do it you, can be very tough do you know the louis ck bit about the servicemen getting getting on the plane uh-uh. he's sitting in first class and he's like um i always have this thought you know i should i should give that young man my seat he's he's serving he's giving his life and mm-hmm. and I, what, I, what am i doing i'm just jerking off in hotel rooms and telling you know comment telling jokes he's like i never do it i never <laughs> do it but i am so like that was so nice of me to come up with this idea and then never do it <laughs> uh so, okay one of my favorite jokes though is um how many vietnam veterans does it take to screw in a light bulb oh god i don't know how many you don't know you weren't there man <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good uh lunch with anyone dead or alive of your choosing who and why lunch or a coffee or a uh, beer or whatever yeah i don't drink but that's okay yeah uh, oh man that's tough anybody um Having lunch with Les Claypool. I was going to say, if it's not, <laughs> if it's not Les, I'm going to be surprised. Uh, I was ta- it was a toss-up between him or Adrian Ballou. Adrian Ballou would be a good person cool. to have lunch with. Very you. cool. Not, he can't bring his cassette recorder, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're given the ability to visit your past self at any age you're choosing. What age are you choosing, and what are you saying? Oh, man. That's another tough one. Um, I think I'm choosing like 13. Right when you're coming back stateside? Yeah. Okay. And um, <laughs> telling myself not to worry about like any of that computer or video game stuff. Like you, um, you, you keep doing the stuff that you like doing that's fun. Like, um, you know, go skateboard and play your guitar. Um, stick to those things. <laughs> love it. Love it. That's a great answer. Um, true or false, <clears throat> it is okay and acceptable to wear the t-shirt of the band whose show you're going to, to the show. False. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, it depends, I, I guess. It's it, just a silly thing. It depends. I never wear, I don't, I don't wear band shirts, but I buy them. I buy them when I go to concerts because I want to support the band and like, um, I'll buy a shirt as like a souvenir, but I will hardly wear it. Um, throw it on for a mo. No. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. Um, sometimes I'll wear a shirt to a different show, and then yes, um, yeah, that's yes. the best way to do we, it. Here's my thing, man. Like we, unless you're just here with somebody who invited you, 
or made you come with them. Right. We, we, we're all fans of that, the band that's on stage, because we're here. Yeah. Show me, <laughs> you're, this is a billboard opportunity. Show me what else you're into. Right. And, you know? Um, that was one of the things that convinced me to go check out Billy Strings, was a guy wearing a Billy Strings shirt at um, the Frog Brigade show okay. last year. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last but not least, complete this for me, please. The world would immediately become a better place in which to live, if only. You don't want me to answer that. I kind of do. We're going to get on some lists and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Come for me. I mean, I don't even... Um, oh, man. There's, like, not a magic answer for that, though. Fair. Like, there really isn't. There's I've so many problems. somebody say there's too, too much. There's too much. There's so... To put it on there's, one thing. Yeah, you can't put it on one thing. You can, like, destroy all governments and let the people figure it out. But, like, that's that's scary, too. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> the people aren't the smartest. Um, okay, so Richard Davis uh, is your search uh, for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Uh, what I know of uh, Turning Around and then Dreams and uh, Next Album. Um, Not So Bad was the title of Not that. Not So Bad. Yeah, so bad. and that's on Apple Music and Spotify and everything. Um, and then you have more stuff coming out yeah, on the, the 24th of Turning January. Around Turning EP around. is coming out on the 24th. Check it out. Uh, do you do you have a social media presence? Um, I post a lot of stuff on TikTok, just okay. like... Um, Related to your video, material? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, improvisational stuff. I'll like improvise a track and post it on TikTok and then How get mad because the sound gets removed for copyright violations yeah. when it's like me playing everything yeah. on there. But for some reason, um, they hear a full track and it has drums and bass and everything. And it's just a video of me playing my guitar over it. They think I'm using a backing track or something. And it just it immediately gets flagged for copyright. I've had, had folk. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. What you're talking. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. But you don't uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I have a Facebook. The only people I'm friends with on Facebook are like family. Sure, sure. Um, but you're not promoting kind of your stuff anywhere I, besides TikTok. I do. I tried to, and the, I get crickets. Dude, that's the weird thing. Is like, I'll I send out like um, I, I send out a bunch of like texts to like friends and stuff, or like people I knew that I thought might be interested, and then like no response, nothing. Like, same with this. Show. Same I with mean. Facebook. Like, you know, if I talk to anybody in person, and they're gonna be, oh yeah, that's great, but. Um, yeah, they don't care. <laughs> I, I'm dependent on, you know, random people to find it that are like, okay, I like this. That's that's where I am with this. It's like I thought <laughs> I thought of all the people I know, some will be guests, some yeah. will be listeners, some will be supportive. Nobody cares. It's really just yeah. random, you know, <laughs> and maybe for the better. I don't know yet, you know. Maybe. It's a, um, it's a tough pivot to make. Right. When you decide something that everybody's, how everybody's going to react based on and nothing. You got to, I don't know, it took me a while to understand in my head that, like, I listen to way more music than most I know. people I don't know. How do people do. have so little music in their life? <laughs> I don't know. It's wild. Um, it really depends on how much you're like dry. Because 
here's the thing and here's like the major selling point for like what i'm doing and my music and stuff i like instrumental music i like having music that's good for the background and stuff i'm hoping to get you know maybe film tv somebody like it was like okay can we use this like right. oh yeah right on um you know that's kind of stuff i would hope for and you know most people that listen to music aren't actively listening they're doing yeah. something else yeah. they're driving down Back the road or they're working or they're mowing like yeah. um they're yeah. doing something else there, i will say in the background i will say uh mowing is a great zen oh yeah because you, you you're not uh undivided attention but but you're getting your brain's getting a lot of what's happening and you're while you're looking at the line of your last row and driving down the road's pretty good too for listening uh, you know so. uh for a while I was seeing a gal in Colombia. And okay. so sometimes she and her kid would come here and sometimes I would take my kids there. But mostly we would meet I'm mm-hmm. sorry, she's in St. Louis. Most of the time we would meet in Colombia for a Saturday night and like go out to eat cool. and get a hotel room and so forth. And that two hours each way oh, yeah. was like the perfect amount of you know like uh, listen to something new and then listen to a favorite right or throw on a podcast episode or whatever and it's like just anyway uh <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate what you're doing keep doing oh, it thanks I'm, um i intend to i intend to get more equipment and things i an electric guitar is on my list um cool. i don't own one um i don't even own a computer that i can like record stuff on sure. and actually like step up my production and stuff but all of that stuff's kind of on the list Um, do that before the electric guitar i think i think if you feel like you're missing something in the recording element of what you're doing then get the computer first oh yeah because the guitar sounds great um you know the computer's the first thing on the list okay (laughs) perfect richard davis thank you very much thanks i appreciate it see you that was fine